Assalamu alaikum Welcome back to another episode of the Fiqh of Love. My name is John Fontaine, and today we're joined again with Dr. Muhammad Salah. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome back, John. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Thank you for having me. No, alhamdulillah. It's a, it's a great uh, pleasure to have you here on the show. Thank you. And uh, subhanAllah, we found it very beneficial so far. SubhanAllah. Alhamdulillah. We've been discussing the fiqh of love, the understanding of love from an Islamic perspective. And just before we proceed, I want to just give a quick recap. Okay. Um, especially the last few episodes we've, we've been speaking about, you know, the nikah, uh, you know, also... The marriage uh, contract yeah, itself. The marriage contracts from an Islamic perspective, yeah. you know, and also mentioning some of the details, uh, you know, from that perspective. So we just want to recap the, the actual pillars of the nikah, the, which are, are needed in order for the contract to be uh, accepted by Allah. We spoke about uh, that nothing prevents the marriage, such as if a woman is among the uh, listed forbidden women to be taken in marriage. And we spoke about uh, the consent of the guardian. Uh, we spoke about the two main pillars of uh, the marriage contract, which is ijab and qabul, the proposal mm. and the acceptance. Mm. SubhanAllah. And also within that, within the actual nikah itself, uh, you would have witnesses, uh, the mahar. So the last episode we were discussing mahar, you know, the actual dowry or the wedding gift, which is actually given and the details regarding that. Can you just remind us uh, briefly uh, on mahar and how important this is in a marriage contract? Uh, well, even though the dowry is not one of the pillars of uh, the marriage contract, uh, nor it would it affect its validity, but it's a must mm. because the Quran says, And number four, chapter number four, Surah An Nisa. So we learned that it's a must, even if the couple got married without naming a specific dowry or agreeing to a specific dowry, it must be made up. And mm. if they did not specify a dowry, then we look for uh, somebody from her family who got married recently and we appoint a similar dowry. Uh, to her. Jazakallah Sheikh, I also wanted to ask you, which I forgot to ask you in this in the last episode, regarding, you know, in this day and age, the world is a small place. You know, subhanAllah, it's very easy to travel to one side of the world in a matter of hours. And, you know, maybe people are getting married now more frequently in different parts of the world. And sometimes you see that contracts are being made uh, on Skype and WhatsApp and using the internet, even the mobile phone as well. Is this permissible in Islam? Well, I believe that's a very important question because, um, as you said, nowadays, a lot of people, those who get to know each other online or families that want to be uh, reunited, but they don't have an access to travel now, so they want to process a marriage contract. And they ask, can we do it over the video conference or phone conference uh, or Skype? Well, if we can maintain the pillars of the aqd or the marriage contract and we can avoid any confusion and any mixing then it's permissible and it is effective mm. so if the witnesses are present mm. the shuhud to muslim just witnesses okay to male just muslim witnesses and they recognize the sound and the image of that person as the guardian mm. or his wakil mm. okay and they recognize that he is given the authorization from the girl to give her in marriage. And also 
they recognize the groom or the future groom who is proposing to marry that girl. If that is being witnessed and we recognize each and every party of them, then we do the marriage conference, uh, the marriage contract over the uh, uh, video conference, that is permissible. It only becomes restricted when there is a confusion. Is, is it different? Uh, I mean, you talk about video conference, but say audio conference, like Likewise, mobile phone. if I know who is that mm. person, mm. you don't just introduce any person and say, come and witness. Mm. Muhammad wants to marry to Sarah. Mm. Who's Muhammad? And who's Sarah's guardian? Mm. Somebody says, I'm her guardian. And he's no guardian. Mm. You don't know him. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Uh, they're just pretending. Mm. So I got to make certain that, that this person is a true guardian of the girl. And he is giving her off in marriage to that person. We recognize him. Mm. So if this is the case, that is permissible. It, and we've it, done it. We've done it a few times. Yeah. I was in the UK once, and uh, there was a family, mm. uh, you know, uh, two families wanted to marry. One in the UK, and the other one was in France. Okay, mm. They just wanted to process the marriage contract so that he can fly off to pick her up as a wife. Yes. Okay. He no, would fly with her as uh, his wife. So we've done that because we can recognize and identify all the persons involved in the marriage contract. Mm. So in, in the case of where, I mean, of course, in this, this type of situation, and even in person, I know this is not uh, halal, but it may happen where uh, someone has stood in for as, as, a, as a guardian when maybe he's not at the actual guardian, you know, and then later the real guardian finds out you know, would they need to actually repeat the nikah? Is it what would happen in this situation? If you remember, we have a whole episode to speak about those pillars of uh, nikah or the marriage contract. And we emphasize the importance of the consent of the guardian. And we discuss the wisdom behind it. Why the Sharia Islamic law mandated the consent of the guardian. And this is simply for the benefit of the girl. So if she happened to marry herself off without a guardian, said the Prophet ﷺ, a woman is not permitted to give herself in marriage without the consent of her guardian, nor is she permitted to be the guardian of another woman, yes. you know, even if she's her mother. So if this is the case, or they pretended and they introduced somebody to be the guardian, and he's not the guardian, or he's not the guardian in order, and they skip the actual guardian, mm. who is righteous? who's eligible, who is living, who is saying an adult, who's wise, but they skipped him for a reason or another. Mm. Well, the Prophet said in the hadith, la nikaha illa wa So the word la nikaha nullifies such marriage contract and it will be as if it never happened, as if it didn't take place. So, but but it, let's say they were living uh, together as, as a married couple, would this be classed as zina if they had... Uh no, it will not be classed or recognized as adultery or fornication mm. because they may say, but there is another opinion. Mm. Here, when we present in this program to mm. the viewers, uh, the correct view. So sometimes we say sure. the more correct, which means mm. the other one could be correct, could mm. be accepted. But when we have references, like I, I can quote so many references right now, the Prophet wasallam said, and he repeated that price and he made it very clear, crystal clear. If a woman gives herself in marriage without the consent of her guardian, her marriage contract is in vain. 
is invalid, is mm. invalid. Mm. So after that, it's very difficult to say, but, mm. or to make ijtihad, or to say somebody is safe. Mm. There I'm telling you, this is what the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said. It's a requirement. Mm. It's, yeah. It is required for the validity of the marriage contract. SubhanAllah. And that's why if they got married without his consent, without his knowledge, then in this case the marriage is invalid. In case, and it happened before that uh, a father was really insisting that his daughter should uh, not marry but a person who knows Arabic. For instance, they're mm. Americans. Mm. So she got married to a person who's really good. Again, it's his will. Why? Because he refused. So I spoke to him and I said, would it make you happy to know that your daughter is living in haram with a person whom she loves? He loves her and he's making an effort to learn. And the Prophet ﷺ did not marry his own cousin Zainab bint mm. Jahsh to somebody who used to be uh, a slave, Usama mm. ibn Zaid. So after I reminded him, that softened his heart and finally he yielded and he agreed to approve this marriage. Would it be sufficient to say, okay, I approve the marriage and I pardon you guys? No, because we said mm. this marriage contract was missing so you, an essential component. So you have to repeat exactly. And start we have again, to redo yeah. the marriage yeah. uh, contract. You know, you mentioned something very important there. That, of course, somebody may be the mahram of the, of, of the woman. You know, maybe a brother, etc. But that doesn't automatically give them the right to be the guardian. You said that you have to go in there order. Is an order. So there is an order. Mm. So if the father is living and he's sane, he's wise, he's in his mindset, the guy prays, he's not like an alcoholic, mm. okay? And he's just looking mm. for the right person for his mm. daughter. So she so presented somebody uh, whom he believes he's totally the wrong person. So even in this case, even though You don't skip him. Yeah, you do not skip him to mm. his son. Yeah or to her, to her brother or to her uncle because the guy is there. Why would you confiscate his right of being a guardian? He Unless is more caring for his yeah. daughter than anybody else. We said that will be correct if the guy was stubborn for no reason. And he says mm. no for no reason. Maybe he's fighting with his wife. Yeah. They're separated and he's giving them a hard time. Well, in this case, we'll skip him, mm. but not based on your recommendation. Mm. So the wife or the mom would say, you know, my husband is, uh, is a hard-headed guy and he's not going to agree. So she skips him and she goes to her brother mm. to give her daughter in marriage. No, that is not permissible. Mm. And that's why we say, if the guardian is mu'dil, you remember mm. the term, yes. he's preventing his daughter from marrying the right person for no reason, yeah. then we take the case of somebody who is more authoritative, like mm. the judge or the local yeah. imam in the local masjid, mm. and in this case, he'll pick up the phone or call him mm. up and ask him to come and say, what is wrong? Why do you mm. prevent her from marrying this guy? Mm. We all think this mm. guy is fit and he's very good. Mm. He says, no, 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 I have somebody else in mind. Uh, would you tell us who is he? Because she's not going to marry anyone against her will. She yeah. has also to yeah. like him, to uh, give her consent. And if yeah. she's not agreeing, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So when you figure out that, that the guy is preventing her without uh, a valid reason, so okay, thank you so much, then the imam can be the guardian. Yeah. Or yeah. the next in order will be the guardian. And in case that we don't have any guardians, we'll go to the imam or the judge. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. That's a very important point that it's not based on your own reasoning. You should go to a judge or the local imam, someone who can look at it from an objective uh, perspective. You know. True. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. We're just going to take a short break. So for those of you at home, join us in a few minutes' time. We'll be right back for the Fiqh of Love. Assalamu alaikum.
Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. Welcome back to the Fiqh of Love. My name is John Fontaine and we're joined with Dr. Muhammad Salah. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam and thank you. Sheikh, we were just discussing some of the more intricate matters regarding the guardianship, you know, and the actual marriage contract itself. Mm. I just wanted to ask you, because you, you've really stressed on the importance of having, you know, an actual guardian, you know, especially, you know, of course, for the woman. And you were saying that you can't skip the order of the guardianship, you know, this wouldn't be permissible, etc. And this would actually have effects on the marriage itself, on the validity True. of the True. marriage. True. SubhanAllah. Now, what if the guardian, maybe he's on work and he's traveling, or maybe he doesn't live in that particular country, um, but he actually knows about the marriage, so he's actually used someone else and he's, he's, he's dedicated this role to a different uh, guardian. Is this permissible? Absolutely. And does, it, does it have to be from the, the actual family itself? No, not necessarily. That is called the wikala, mm. or appointing by proxy somebody to do it in your state. Mm. And it's valid not only in the marriage contract, in other contracts as well, business contract, uh, and so on. So if, you know, the groom, you approved him, but you're overseas, and we're not going to wait for another year to come so that you'll be back, uh, the girl is at marriageable age. The guy is a good guy. We don't want to lose the opportunity. So he appoints maybe his brother. <coughs> his brother, who is the girl's uncle, is not a guardian because her father is alive. Mm. Okay? So in this case, he says, can you take care of that? Can you meet the guy and decide, you know, I trust you so much. Can you give her in marriage? Or I approve the guy and uh, can you sit in the marriage contract and uh, in a state of my presence, you will represent me all of that is valid and is permissible. And the wakil should also have the same conditions of the guardian or being a righteous person. Mm. Okay? Yep. Yeah, what, what would happen, for instance, is that there's a lot of new Muslims, especially in the West. Uh, they, maybe the sister doesn't have a guardian. Does it have to be the local imam or can it just be another man? What, what happens in this situation? What determines that and you can answer it on your own when you figure out the role of the guardian. Mm. It's called guardian. Mm. Okay, he's not like a, a dictator or a master. He's a guardian. He's there mm. to protect you. Mm. He's there to secure your rights, the dowry, upfront, deferred, so that the uh, the groom also realizes that this girl is not cut off, mm. that she has family and she has somebody to represent her. So, when the guardian is doing his job, if the girl doesn't have a father, doesn't have a brother doesn't have a family member or if she's a revert and she comes to the imam well not just because he's an imam or because he is the president of the muslim community of whichever county but he's a responsible person mm. it is not the paperwork this is not like an office work mm. this is an amana and a responsibility mm. before allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm. whoever is ready to shoulder the responsibility and his fit he can be the guardian Whenever we read in the books and it says the Muslim judge, do we really have a Muslim judge that you can go and say, mm. uh, you know, I, I want to marry, so can you be my guardian? Mm. Because I don't have a guardian. But we have the imams, especially in the West. So the uh, imam or the president of the Muslim society, uh, if he's qualified, 
he can uh, fit in the position of being the guardian of the girl and give her in marriage. You know, now I want to speak about more about the witnesses. Um, you know, you said that they need two male witnesses, Muslim male witnesses. You know, sometimes we see that maybe they're doing the nikah in front of a, a wider audience. Maybe 50 or 100 people are actually attending mm. uh, the actual uh, contract. And sometimes they may not have uh, actual uh, two official witnesses. Like two mean, particular people yeah, named to be people. witnesses. Yeah, named. That's it a lovely question. Very yes. good. Very good question. The purpose of the witnesses is what? That people know that these couple are already married. Mm. And in case of fight, divorce, separation, rights and obligations, uh, the guy may say that, well, I don't know you. I never married you. She says, no, we, we got married. And I have right. You know, sometimes, God forbid, they get married and somebody dies. So there is something called inheritance. And also, if there is a deferred amount of dowry, these hukuk have to be maintained through what? Concluding the marriage contract in writing, having the witnesses who would come forward and say, yes, we bear witness that these guys are officially married. So the vast majority of the Muslim Jews are of the view that if the marriage is processed in front of a big number of people, mashallah, like it, it is done before the uncles and maternal and paternal and before a lot of grown-up Muslims, and they're all good. Would that serve the purpose? Yes, it would serve the purpose. <laughs> Yet it is always best if we are going to process a written marriage contract mm. to list the names with their IDs, with their yeah. addresses, physical addresses, yeah in case that and contact informations in mm. case that we need them to testify mm. they will be there mm. so when we say that you know mm. remember when you married me there was a, a deferred amount mm. no there was not mm. yeah. i gave you already the but we have witnesses yes. so they testify to the whole thing from the beginning but if that happened like in a masjid or in front of a big gathering of people then this publicity is sufficient to make the marriage valid. You know, is it a requirement that you have to have like an official imam or a, an official judge or something like that? Or, you know, is it is it okay just, you know, because sometimes I, I, I hear of uh, the, the contract just doing, being done between the actual guardian and, and the man himself. Yeah, sometimes sometimes acceptable? people delay the uh, the marriage and the wedding and the marriage contract because well the imam is out of town, so we gotta postpone it next week or next month. He's in Hajj. We cannot get married until he uh, returns. As a matter of fact, the Prophet said in the Hadith, "What is required, walay wa shahidayad." So the guardian is there, or his wakil, as you asked me earlier, yes. by proxy, his representative. Mm. So he's sitting. And he says to the groom, when he showed interest, he says, Zawajtuka ibnati. Mm. And by the way, it's got to be specific. Like, you know, when when you have three, four daughters, and you say to your future son-in-law, the groom, and you say, yeah, I give you my daughter in marriage. Hey, wait a minute, which one? Salma or Huda or uh, Sarah? You got to name her, mm. okay? So, Zawajtuka ibnati, so and so, mm. okay? Mm. And the guy, the groom says, I agree and I accept to marry her according to the book of Allah, the sunnah of Rasulullah, and with the dowry that we both agree to, mm. marriage is valid and it is concluded already. 
they're officially married. The marriage contract has been already done. Uh, we don't have to have an officer to say yeah. the statement and we repeat after him. So what is needed is a guardian or his representative and the two witnesses. Yes. And obviously the groom who yeah. is, uh, you know, seeking to yes. marry the girl. I mean, how about, uh, for instance, pe people who may, um, you know, living in the West, I've, I've come across instances where they've had a civil marriage in a non-Muslim court uh, and they've not had an Islamic nikah, you know, for, they've not done this. And they think that this is uh, enough. Is this... Is this that is definitely not enough. And this relationship is perceived as an illicit relationship because it's simply missing everything. Yeah. It is missing the guardian consent and it is missing the shuhud because uh, subhanallah when the Prophet وسلم, said these two male Muslim just witnesses they're not there mm. uh, it's done in the court that is perfectly fine and I definitely agree to that mm. and I support that in order to secure your rights mm. in order to open a joint account and move in together and then when you have kids those are your kids and mm. for the inheritance in case of the death of uh, either one of the uh, parties all of that is great but and if you need to process any further uh, paperwork in the country that you live in, and whether Muslim country or non-Muslim country. Yeah. But if it has not been done officially and in an Islamic way, then this marriage is invalid and as if it never happened. So those, of them, so those are the people who want to get married in a civil way. That's fine, but make sure you also do uh, the Islamic nikah. And in a civil way, if uh, like in the court, mashallah, the officer is Muslim, the garden give his consent mm. and there are you know several people attending mm. and uh, in, in in the court itself you've got the witnesses mm. so that is valid that's yeah. islamic yeah. but you're talking about or, or you're asking mm. about is a different uh, yes. uh, you know example yeah. where you go in the west you get a marriage license and you marry in the court this marriage is for mm. your government and your country yeah. but islamically that is not recognized as an Islamic marriage, which would not justify your relationship together. What if some? What if the groom had lied um, beforehand, and maybe he said he's not married, and then later they find out he's got three wives? <laughs> three all at once, mashallah, <laughs> at one shot. We said, uh, you know, al-mu'minun عند شروطهم. The Muslims are bound to their conditions. When a person introduces himself, I've witnessed uh, some uh, divorce cases where the wife demanded divorce because the groom, the husband currently, and his family lied to them from the beginning. They said that he holds this position and his salary is that much and he speaks seven different languages, okay? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of that. And uh, when I asked the husband, was that true? He said, yes, and I was wrong, and my father was wrong. We made a mistake, okay? So this is called deception. Mm. If, the, if the lie affects the marriage, then the, the wife has the right either to approve it or to call for fasq, which is to annul the marriage, mm. and she will keep the dowry because she was hurt. Jazakallah khair. Sheikh, that's all we have time for. SubhanAllah, we've been through a lot of topics there. Jazakallah khair, thank you for joining us. You're most welcome. And uh, we'll come back to this in the next episode, inshallah. You're most welcome. Those of you at home, I hope you're enjoying this and taking benefits. I hope you're also taking notes. 
Join us next time for another episode of the Fiqh of Love. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.